we want to start, we're doing a series called It's Okay, so let's practice, let's practice. One, two, three. It's okay. But say it like you've been here once. Ready? One, two, three. It's It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Jesus said, ready? Matthew 6, 34, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry, it's okay. So our, our series is like, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And in that section in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches, he talks about food, don't worry about your clothes, don't worry. And he goes through a bunch of categories. Now, it's not an exhaustive list. There's a lot of categories that you could worry about. Think about the categories of worry, the things that you could worry about. You could worry about your health. You could worry about your kids. You could worry about your job. You could worry about how much money your job brings you. You could worry about the weather. You could worry about your relationship. Or you could worry. There's just a, the, the list goes on and on. And so what I'd like to say is I think... By saying, don't worry about your clothes or your food, tomorrow. I think Jesus was trying to teach all categories. All categories. Because what we tend to do is go, yeah, I think that's in general good advice. Who'd say this is good advice? Don't worry. But what we do is we have a few categories that we keep over to ourselves. Like, but of course, I need to worry about these. You, gotta, who have a, you even reserve categories for worry. Chris, don't be ridiculous. Of course I need to worry about this. And I want to ask the question, well, do you? I mean, do you really need to reserve a a couple of key categories to worry about? You'd say, well, my kids are one. I, I have to worry about them. We talked in the first message in the series about time, how time is more probably an illusion. So we say, well, I have to worry about how many days I have because... Time runs out. You don't get time back. And we were taught as young kids and young adults, don't waste time. It's the one thing you can't, what? Get back. Who was taught that? Who actually passed that on to people? Go ahead. Because it seems to make sense. But then when we stop and think, wait a minute. We're dealing with the realm of faith. We're dealing with more than that. The idea that we have is that there is more. And if there is more, there's, there, we can't put anything in the category of this is good to worry about. And so today, I want to talk about the future. We worry about the future. And what I want to say is it's okay not to know the future. It's okay not to know where it's all going for you. It's okay if you don't understand where God's taking you right now. Who's ever been in like a dark spot? Like, I have no idea where this is going. I I just feel like I I have no idea where I'm headed. I feel like I've prayed. I've asked God for this or, or that. But none of it's happened. None of it worked out. Do you remember the story when Numbers 13, the the children of Israel have wandered in the wilderness And now they're ready to go into the promised land. And so they send 12 spies. Go and check it out. See what our future is. 
Wouldn't you love to just send some spies into your future? Huh? Could you just run up about eight months ahead of me and let me know how it's going? This is kind of what our worry does, isn't it? We send out these spies, which are our thoughts, and uh, tell me how this thing's going to work out. How's this job going to work out? How's this relationship going to work out? How are my expenses going to... And we want to we know. So they send them out. And when they come back, the report is, it's good. One, two, three, it's, it's good. I think they say it's exceedingly good. It's good. The land flows with milk and honey. It's good. But, right, and this is how our, this is, these 12 spies represent our thoughts. It's good, but, but it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for us. We're not going to be able to enter. They're too big. We're too small. They're giants, and we are grasshoppers. It's not going to work out. The thoughts come back. Do you know? I thought that's actually probably a pretty good ratio. Probably 10 to 2, which would be 5 to 1, our thoughts come back to us. No, it's not going to work out. No, it's Now, what we're learning, brain science, brain science teaches us that negative thoughts stick in your brain. Get a negative thought. Sticks. That's just science. That's not my opinion. That's not Bible verse. That's just negative thoughts. They stick. So you, you have a thought about your future and you latch onto the negative one. You snatch it. These, these 12 spies come back, 10 of them say, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. They're big. These boys are big. I remember one, one year we had a football game, and these guys came off of a bus, and uh, we, we, it, was a, it was a long story, but a league game was canceled, so we had a non-league game, and we didn't know who these guys were, and they came off the bus, and I mean, literally, you could see terror in our eyes, like, where did these get these NFL players from? Has anybody ever... And, and th- this, is, this is how our, our minds go, oh, this is not going to work. They're too big. So the word starts to scatter, and throughout the camp, they say, this isn't going to be good. In fact, they start a consensus movement against Moses, who's trying to take them somewhere good. Can I tell you that... Uh, that God is trying to take you somewhere good. You just have to start with that fundamental belief. You just have to believe that. God's taking you somewhere good. And you don't understand it all. Sometimes you're in the wilderness. Sometimes it's dry. Sometimes you're in the desert. Sometimes you don't, you can't see it all. But God's, where were they before? Slaves in what? Egypt. So now, God's trying to take them somewhere good. This is the story, and they're caught. And they make this decision, let's go back to slavery. Let's go back. And they said, get us a leader, right? Um, Numbers 14, next chapter says, they go, get us a leader, and we'll just go back. Isn't that incredible? Think about it. Think about this story. I would rather go back to bondage, slavery, because that's familiar. Now, I'm going to make a point here. 
Like, please make a point. Please make a point today, Chris. I'm going to make it right now, right? Too often, we embrace the familiar over the future. At least I know it. How many people have had a hard time leaving their religious system behind? Whatever it was, whatever you grew up in, because it was familiar. Your head goes, this is so broken. This is so unbelievably broken. But I can't leave it. I can't let go of it. Because I know it. Because it's comfortable. Because we're going to talk about it at Thanksgiving. Whatever the reasons are, it's so tough. Whatever the mental construct of God and faith and all that, I can't leave it. Because it's, just, just take us back there. And then they will sit around and tell you how much bondage there is to it. This old way of believing. This old way of understanding God. But you know what? It's comfortable. Just take me back. I think the... Joshua and Caleb, the two spies, that give the good report and the confidence that we can do it. It's good. Let's go forward. But you know what? Often, when it comes to our future, we start with no instead of yes. We start with no. No, it's not going to work out. No, I don't see how that could happen for me. What if you start with yes? Yeah. The worst thing that happens to us in life is we get jaded a little bit. I can tell you when, when we started Orchard Grove, I had stupid confidence. The things, I look back and the things that I did, I don't think I would ever do again. I left everything. I had no job. I had no insurance. I had, I had nothing. Absolutely nothing. People are like, how's it going to work? I go, I don't know. It'll work. That was the business plan. It'll work. I could have got devoured in Shark Tank, if you know what I mean. You're right. Now, this, this, how was it going to work? They, they didn't know. They just, they just knew that it would. But listen, this is so important. You don't always know your future. And what happens to a lot of us is we get locked down because we don't know all the details of our future. But where does God come in? Where does faith come in? I've had some advisors over the years, and they surprise me. It's like, have you, have you ever, I, they want to advise me about the journey of faith of the church, and I want to go, have you, do you even believe in God? They believe in math and numbers and, and budgets, but do they believe in God? I'm not saying I, I have a budget of my own. But at some point, my friends, they are taller than you, and you go in anyway. Uh-uh, no, no one's here. Forget you guys. On, on. <laughs> there are times in your life where they're taller than you, and you go in anyway. Because you just say, no, God's taking us there. Do you remember... Hebrews chapter 11, it says this. Many of these guys, you know, it goes through the whole list of people of faith. And it says many of these guys never received the things they were promised. They lived by faith until they died. Well, that doesn't seem to make any sense. I thought God's supposed to always give us what he promises. Right there in scripture, Hebrews 11. They never got it. Do you remember when Lazarus, Jesus' friend, is sick and, and the, they, the sisters come to Jesus and they say to Jesus, Come, your friend Lazarus is sick. Their assumption is Jesus is going to get on his, you know, his treadmill and sprint to the scene. Jesus says, It's okay. It's okay. You couldn't get, it seems like you couldn't get Jesus to run anywhere. Couldn't get him to run. You know what I think the, the greatest 
if you'd call them saints, or maybe when we're at our greatest spiritual maturities when we don't worry. Because there's nothing to worry about. Couldn't get them to run. And Jesus goes, this will, this will not end in death. I'm quoting, this will not end in death. Somebody help me with this story. What happens later? He dies. This won't end in death. And then, am I, am I getting my story right? He dies. This is where a lot of us get caught right here. We get stuck right there. I knew it. I knew it. God didn't come through. And I was supposed to get that job. And I knew it. This relationship fell apart. And this is where we stop. This is where all of us stop right here. How many know there's a little more to the story? How many of you know sometimes it looks like God's lied to you? Oh, some of you wouldn't vote on that one. No, I'm not voting because I feel like I'll get struck by it. Sometimes it looks like God has lied to you. I mean, if you've read that story, it looks like it. It looks like, wait a minute. He died. You just said he wouldn't die. You just said he wouldn't die. How many would be back there with a tape recorder playing it to Jesus? You just said he wouldn't die. This is you. This is you. And he died. But God's end and our end are not the same. God's tomorrow and our tomorrow, are, they're not the same. They're not the same tomorrow. We're worried about tomorrow. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing, absolutely nothing to worry about. And immediately, could you have, nope, but this category. Some of you, you can mentally nod your head, but you, you have a category back here. You go, but I've got to worry about this one. Of course. Chris, you're so foolish. You're so silly. What do you have to worry about? Remember when Paul's at the end of his life, Philippians chapter 1, he goes, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. But because Paul's had some taste of what is to come, we'll call it. He goes, I'm torn between the two. Hmm? Huh? Paul, to, to Paul, the, between living and dying was like trying to make a decision at Baskin Robbins. Hmm. Jamoka almond fudge? Ah. Oh. They're both good. To be with Christ is better by far. Honestly, most people don't believe that. And I think because we haven't tasted it. We know you could answer the question if I had a pastoral interview with you. Is heaven better than... You'd go, yes, heaven is wonderful. And you'd answer all the questions correctly. But down here, you don't believe it. Because, just because we haven't tasted it. That's all. That's the only reason. Like it's, it'd be like asking your kids, is there anything better than chocolate? And they go, no, there's nothing in the world better than chocolate. And you go, I think there's a few things, but they haven't tasted them yet. So because we haven't tasted what is to come, but see, here's the thing. You don't know how good your future is, but because you don't know, here's what some of us do. We don't accept. We don't step into. Here's God leading you into something good, a promised land, a beautiful thing, a new job, a new opportunity, a new relationship, a new whatever, a new beginning. And there it is in front of you. And all you can do is count the reasons not to do it, not to receive, not to believe, not to accept. Five to one, they come back. No, no, no. A little tiny yes. What I think 
is just accept. You're in the wilderness, but look what this is behind you, but look what's in front. They've always been minorities. I, I think prophets have been minorities. The, the two spies, they've always been the, the smaller ones that were trying to take us somewhere better. Someone gave me a plaque from the church, and they said, they, said, they gave me this little plaque from my office, and it says, leaders take people where they want to go. Great leaders take people where they don't want to go. Right? In other words, they take them places they, they don't know that they even want yet. Moses was trying to take them to a place that they didn't know, they didn't understand, they had never tasted before. And they, the spies came back and they gave them a little taste. Hey, you guys want to try these grapes? And they're like, oh, that could be good, that could be really good. Can I say this to you? It's okay. You're dying to something old. You're dying to Egypt. It's okay. People worry about dying, losing. But this is how, isn't this how life actually works? Ask, any, ask anybody that spent time in like agriculture and nature, and they'll tell you, yeah, everything, that the, when it dies and it lives. Huh? It dies and then it lives. It comes back around. This is the whole story. You, you, you lost this. This was your life. This was what you had. But God's always regenerating and bringing us to something new. There are things that you don't understand about your future, you know. I wish I knew. I wish I, I could just keep. But Ready? If you could know everything, then would it be called faith? No. Can I say something? This is what I, my opinion. I think for a lot of people, faith is an idea that you check a box that you have a mental belief that there is a God. I have faith. That I can check a box that I believe that there is a God that exists. That's faith. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence. You know, like now Charlie wants to stand up all the time. She always wants to go like, and so you grab her fingers and she wiggle there, and then she gets up like this. You ready? And and then you let go, and she just goes, wham, throws her head back. This is what you call a trust fall at your uh, corporate events, right? She falls. She has absolute confidence. Absolute confidence. This will work out. Faith is not, I can check a box or I can have an argument about the Faith is that God is for me. God is with me. God is opening this door for me. And it's going to be okay. I don't understand it. You're not going to understand it. You're not going to be able to check every box in every category. You just got to say, I trust this is going somewhere good. It has to be going good. Maybe this is a, a time to think about this. Um, if you don't know, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to know. 
do you want to know? Of course, of course, everybody wants to know. But you don't know. Um, last night I had to leave a couple things out. I was moving a bunch of stuff around, so I asked Vicky. I said, honey, could you, could you just check and see, is it going to rain if I could leave this stuff out? She opens up her phone app says, absolutely not. It's not going to rain. So I left it outside. So this morning, I said, hon, I thought... <laughs> Not that it's your fault, I'm just curious. I thought it wasn't going to rain. And so she opens her app again and she goes, Oh, in Washington, D.C., it's not going to rain. <laughs> I, I, is anybody with me? Like, you want to know. Like, if I knew, I could. It seems like if we knew, we could arrange everything just how we need it to be. Here's the reality you don't know. And can I tell you even further, you're not going to know. So you just have to make, it's, this is a fundamental decision between knowing and faith. People try to equate them like they're the same. They're not the same. It's like, I don't know, so I'm going to trust. I'm just going to trust. God's taking me somewhere really good. Close with the story. Um, so we're trying to get Charlie, we're trying to get Charlie to take a bottle. Mm, not going so good. Charlie hasn't taken a bottle since she was two days old, right? She took one bottle when she was two days old. By the grace of God, she took this bottle because it was absolutely essential. Because um, uh, I was all she had, but she, she, won't, take, she won't take one. And so I know, I know afterwards, by the way, I know afterwards a few of you experts are going to come tell me how to do it. All right? I'm aware you're going to come meet me after service. It's not the point of this story, however. Um, this is what you call an illustration or an example of a greater truth, hopefully. Um, so, but we try. And, and I know, again, some of you are like, but you're not trying the right way. I know, just hold on to your thought for a minute. So we try, we try, and Vicky the other day was like, that's it? I am teaching this kid how to take a bottle. If it takes my last dying breath, this kid's going to take a bottle. And we sat there, and I, this is God's honest. I mean, I... I feel like I should turn myself in for child abuse. This is how bad it was. I have her arms pinned down. Vicky's leaning on her legs. And we're shoving the bottle. And she's just literally just scraping her face like this, you know, and wiggling. And, and uh, we lost. Yeah, we lost. Yeah. Well, we've been losing for months, all right? So um, she likes milk. just doesn't like to get it that way. Now, this is important. This is how a lot of us approach God. We only like to receive God in certain ways. I don't, no, 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 that wasn't right. No, no, that wasn't right. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God can come to you through so many ways. God can speak to you through circumstances in your life. God can speak to you through your neighbor. God can speak to you through creation. God can speak to you through scripture. God can speak to you through a sermon. God can speak to you uh, in a dream. God can, God can speak to you. But you can't close down the avenues. Are you with me? Because you're not used to them. The, the only problem with going to the promised land was that they weren't used to it. They hadn't been there before. That was the only problem with it. They hadn't been there. God wants to take you places. Listen carefully. 
that you've never been before, still, in your life, to a new place, to a new level of understanding, to a new appreciation. God wants to take you there, but you have to stop doing this. Say, okay, I haven't tasted this yet. I haven't tried this yet. I haven't experienced this yet. I'm ready. It's okay if you don't know your future. God does. Are you with me? Let's practice. One, two, three. It's okay.